0: Hello, hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of That's My Personal Business. Hello welcome, welcome back, whichever it is, whether you have been here for the last three years or the last three seconds, I am so excited to have you here. In case you are new, I'm Eden Schrader, your host. I am a destination wedding photographer turned business coach, and now I get to help hundreds and thousands of creatives and photographers like yourself scale their businesses and build beautiful companies that allow them to build beautiful lives, which that's kind of the premise of everything here is that you have a beautiful life outside of your business, which leads me to the most exciting intro ever. Just kidding, it's not actually. However, this intro is going to be short because this is an automation. Um, I practice what I preach you guys and I love having a beautiful life outside of my business. And for me personally, the way that manifests is I love kind of like taking my summers off. Like I love being able to Just kind of vacation, kind of feel like I did when I was a kid and I had summers off. Obviously, I can't do that completely, but I try to clock out during the summer as much as possible. So what this looks like is minimal new content created. We don't take on any new one-on-one offerings. I just work with my becoming clients and girls, and it's lovely. And so in the honor of taking my summers off and living the Eden Schrader ways, I Will not be recording new podcast episodes. So I'm actually really excited because we are going to be revisiting some of our top 10 biggest podcast episodes ever from like the first year and a half, which was a year and a half ago. And that's so insane. I cannot believe the podcast has been here for nearly three years. So each week this summer, you are going to be able to listen to either a podcast episode you haven't heard in over a year and a half, or maybe you've never heard it. And you should because there are a reason, there is a reason why they're in our top ten. So I'm incredibly excited for each day for us to dive into one of these iconic episodes, and you will find links for everything that we're doing, sharing, keeping up with, freebies, all of that good stuff, as always, in the show notes, and I would love if you came and followed along on Instagram. That's where I'm going to be sharing my summer with you, what I'm doing, what our automations look like, and much more, so I'm excited. I hope you take a page out of my book, and you automate some things, you repurpose some things, and you take some of the summer off. I love you guys. I mean it. Let's get into it. Hello you guys. Welcome back to another episode of That's My Personal Business. I am giddy to have another little sit-down chat with you guys today. This week has been so good. I feel like I have finally gotten my mojo back after I've been in like a weird funk since October. October was a really hard month for me and it kind of, I talked about this on one of my episodes, I am usually a hyper aroused person when it comes to like my depression and anxiety. And for the first time in my life, I have been hit with like hypo arousal. So I have just been so unmotivated, so tired. I've never really experienced this before, so on top of it just being annoying and frustrating to navigate, it's just been totally new. I've never really had to navigate a hypoarousal phase before, so it's been weird. I've just felt funky. I've felt off. I feel hazy. I've felt, like, cloudy and just, like, feels like I'm just half asleep all the time, or was, and I feel like this week I am finally coming to again. I'm feeling so good. I've been working all day, every day. It's just been so nice to get back to my normal state of living, you know, as much normal as we can be right now so I'm feeling good I had this podcast idea today and I instantly just knew I had to sit down and hash it out with you guys talk to you about it because it is a topic that I love so much and we are going to talk about so many different aspects of it and that is the topic of happiness which is the broadest thing probably ever but I love this. I got this idea today when I was listening to another podcast um, called Wake Up With Wesley. I haven't listened to a ton of her podcasts, but I was listening to one specifically about religion, which I'll actually talk a little bit about on this episode too. And she talked about really briefly the idea of Marie kondo your life. Does it bring you joy? And she was talking about how she did that with her beliefs. And I loved hearing this because have you ever Marie Kondoed a part of your life? I feel like I have done it in bits and pieces here and there, but over the last year, I have Marie condoed so many things in my life, like so many different aspects spiritually, physically, mentally, and relationships. Like, I have Marie condoed the shit out of my life in the last couple years. And it has been so powerful and has brought me so much happiness. And so I loved hearing it put in this format because we all know Marie Kondo. Does it bring you joy? And how often are we taking inventory of our life? I want you to genuinely think about that for a moment. When are you sitting down and taking inventory of the things in your life, the things that come in and out of it day to day, the food that you eat, the practices you make, the people that you engage with, do they bring you joy? And this is, is such a simple question and <laughs> such a like it feels like it should be obvious but it's often not because we always are kind of aiming one for this idea of just like pure happiness and two I think we often let ourselves suffer because it's for the right cause or it feels like something we need to do and I want to kind of dive into a lot of like these different areas, I want to talk about them all. And I'm having to remind myself to talk kind of slowly because this is so my personality to just get so excited about something and then just rant. So I made myself sit down, collect my thoughts, write them out for this podcast episode before I got on here and just word vomited. Because this is a topic that I am just obsessed with. It is something that has really fueled my life for the last year, especially, is that I wanna be happy. And that's really my only goal in life. And that is what fuels me to make the decisions that I make. And I want others to feel the same. This life should be fulfilling. It's the only life we have. We don't know how long it will be. And I want, whenever my life ends, Whether that is when I am of the ripe old age of 80 or, you know, in a couple years, tomorrow, I want to be able to look back because I believe that there's some sort of next life. And I hope that when I get there, I can look back and be like, you know what? I really made the most of my time here. And that is such a huge motivator for me. And I'm excited to kind of dive into all these little aspects of happiness because it is this weird, elusive concept. And there is a book called, let me flip it over, Happier, and it is by Tal Ben Shahar. And he, it's like a best selling book. I heard about it from so many people, so I bought it. I think like a couple years ago and I still haven't made my way all the way through it but there are some points in it that I've found so helpful so I kind of want to dive into those first but I'm just going to read a quick little excerpt before we like dive into what is happiness and so he says am I happy is a closed question that suggests an approach to the pursuit of the good life we are either happy or we are not happiness according to this approach is an end of a process a finite and definable point that when reached signifies the termination of our pursuit. This point, however, does not exist. And clinging to the belief that it does will lead to dissatisfaction and frustration. We can always be happier. And I feel like this at first can sound a little dark, almost like, yeah, we can always be happier. But That's also so optimistic and amazing is we can be so blissed out, the happiest that we have ever been, and we can still be happier. How incredible is that? And I think that that has been such a powerful mindset shift for me is that I'm never... Unhappy. It might just be that my happiness is a little bit less and I could be happier. Kind of like how I talk about how there are no bad days. There's only harder ones. None of them are just absolutely useless bad days, but there are harder ones. And there are days or weeks or months or years where we might be less happy. And maybe there's literally barely any happiness there at all. And that's okay. We can always be happier. And that is really how I've tried to shift my mind on happiness is that I'm not aiming for this blissed out state of life where I feel no bad things, nothing bad ever happens to me, oh my gosh, dear God, if someone has a way to make that happen, please write in, but from what I've gathered, from what I've experienced, we're always going to have hard times, but we can always have happiness within it, there's no hard, there's no bad days, there's no bad years, there's just really hard ones, and that's okay. But this also shifts the way that I've thought about happiness because I'm no longer in pursuit of this perfect life, this perfect happiness, because doing so is just going to make me constantly disappointed in the current state of things. If I my life goal right now was to just be blissed out, happy 24 seven. I am failing in that regard. I am not happy all the time, or like the happiest all the time. There are times that have been really dark, really painful. And in those times, I just think, you know, I could be happier and I hold on to the pieces of happy that I have now. And I think that's one of the most beautiful reasons to also have some sort of gratitude process is because you can really cling to these little moments of happiness. Also, I just hit 222 on my little bar beat. So for all you angel number babies, just know that 222 just passed. But this has really been I love having a gratitude practice for this specific reason is just knowing that there are always little things to be happy about even if I could be happier and once we start this pursuit to just continually up level our happiness rather to meet this end goal to reach this end goal of happiness it completely changes the way that we think about our emotions our lives the way that we view our experience through a very specific set of glasses and when you can just view it as this constant pursuit to be happier, it becomes so much more beautiful. And so I want to read through because I loved this part of his book and it's like in the very beginning. I'm on freaking page 8 and 9 right now. But let me skip over to this other page where he talks about and defines the different archetypes of the way that you live your life. I don't really know how I'd even describe that, but you'll get it once we dive in. And this was so helpful. He says that there are four types of like archetypes and the first one is hedonism and if you've heard of hedonism you probably understand and like already know what it is and that is that you want present benefits but there will be future detriments and this is kind of a very destructive way of living and these archetypes are so helpful because you can kind of see what parts of your behaviors fall into the different types and how to navigate those and which types you want to try to aim for more so i'm going to walk through each four so obviously number one hedonism and hedonists live by the maxim seek pleasure and avoid pain so they want to enjoy the present while ignoring any potential negative consequences that will happen later so i think of this as like a really basic example i'm gluten-free and i cannot even tell you how much i would love to eat a normal flaky hot crispy cream donut i think about it an embarrassing amount you guys i think about it so much how much i would love a flaky donut Uh, all my friends listening to this are probably going to laugh because I talk about it all the time there are no good gluten-free donuts okay anyway but a hedonistic way of approaching that would be for me to just eat this Krispy Kreme and oh my gosh it would be so beautiful in the moment I cannot even imagine the joy that that would bring for a bit and then I would be sobbing on the bathroom floor dying for who knows how long after so that would be hedonism is my beautiful Krispy Kreme life that I hope in the next life I get to achieve. And the second type is the rat racer. And the rat racer is really where a lot of us fall into and we fall into a lot I've noticed when it comes to success. So rat racer. And the rat racer is that you suffer now for the purpose of some anticipated game. And I think this is one of the most if not no this is the most common archetype i think to live and i think it is one of the saddest because i think that very rarely do we reach this potential happiness that we were banking on i know when i hit my goals they are rewarding but i also know that i've hit some goals where i'm like wait i am not as happy as i thought i would go- would be when i hit this goal And so this is why we see this archetype so often. We live in a very capitalist, success-driven society. And so very often, I'm sure you are this way or you know dozens of people like this where they are suffering now for the future. So the third option, and which is easily the worst of all possible options, is that you are presently in a detrimental situation you're suffering and there is no future gain there's just future detriment and that is the nihilism archetype and that is basically the like life is meaningless nothing's gonna work out anyway archetype and that sucks that is the worst thing possible and I think a lot of us sit in this without even realizing it sometimes Um, I know I did this for a long time in my life is and this is like something I wanted to talk about a little bit and before I dive into this though I know a lot of you come from a similar cultural background as I do and I am about to talk about religion in a way that could possibly upset you. And I'm not going to name the religion in which I was raised because I think it did a lot of good and it does a lot of good for a lot of people. It didn't do a lot of good for me. So me talking about this religion that I grew up with and chose to leave is strictly my own experience. I'm not bashing it. I'm not going to go into detail on why I left it, but I just want to say that up front that I have no interest in bashing this religion on this podcast, nor do I want to debate this religion. This is strictly my own experience in it, and I know a lot of people listening probably have had a different experience with that religion, and that's okay too. But when I look at this nihilism archetype, it really strikes a chord with me because I did this for a long time. I was raised in a very strict, very traditional very specific religion that had a huge cultural influence and so it affected absolutely every aspect of my life and when I was in it I was not happy I was not happy at all like every aspect of it there were very few aspects of it that were bringing me joy or that I agreed with and I just kind of was suffering through it and it wasn't even really for a future gain like a rat racer like to me I just would think of my future in this religion and because it kind of painted out my whole life and what my life would look like what my life needed to be in order to achieve what they said was happiness Um, the religion is really really big on don't look elsewhere. This is the only true religion. And if you leave it, you'll never truly be happy. And so I i guess I kind of was rat racing in the aspect that I was like, okay, well, I can't leave this religion because apparently it's the only way to be happy. But when I looked at what happiness meant within this religion and how my life was supposed to go... I just wasn't even excited about that. I was like, that sounds horrible. This fills me with dread. And I sat in this nihilism archetype for so long. I just lost the lust. It says in the book here, like it's someone who has lost the lust for life and someone who neither enjoys the moment nor has a sense of future purpose. And that is what that was like for me. And that was a really hard thing for me to leave. And that is one of the topics that I wanted to talk about in the terms of happiness is that we sometimes sit and it's maybe kind of a blend right between rat racing and nihilism is that we think maybe there could be some future goal but we just don't really believe it I feel like that's kind of where I was sitting is I was being told that there was a future purpose but to me I didn't believe it so kind of a combo of those two but we sit in these situations where we are so unhappy and we spend so much time giving our energy to something that we feel no purpose in and something that I have learned because I'm not going to say, right, to do some hedonistic now shift. If you do, if you are in a situation that is making you unhappy, I'm not saying to pack your bags and leave your spouse or leave your partner or to suddenly tomorrow put in your papers to leave this religion or to leave the state or to leave the country. Like they don't, you don't need to do like some hedonistic game plan without thinking of the future consequences. Um always think through the consequences and through the, because consequences can be positive or negative, but think through the consequences of the decisions you make because hedonistic is the opposite of that. But one thing that has really stuck with me and I hope will stick with you is that the consequences to us choosing happiness, like genuine happiness, so not like the gluten-free example, but like genuine happiness in regards to our life the consequences will rarely be worse than a half-assed life. Let me say that for you one more time because I need it all the time. The consequences for choosing your own genuine purposeful happiness will rarely be worse than a half-assed life. I sat in a half-assed life for so long and in so many aspects and not even just on things I've, you know, talked about on the podcast here, but just my life in general, I thought there was one very specific way that I needed to live and that I wouldn't find happiness elsewhere and that I needed to stay in this template of a life because that was the only way to receive quote-unquote true happiness and I was half-assing it it was not fulfilling to me my soul did not connect with it if your soul does connect with it again that's amazing whatever your soul does connect with though that is what you should be pursuing and the consequences of that will rarely be worse than living your entire life longing for more and longing for more happiness and another great way I have kind of thought of pursuing my own happiness and pursuing what I think I need to do is I'm like, what advice would I give a friend? If a best friend came to me and pitched the exact situation that I'm struggling with, what advice would I give to them? Would I tell them to suffer in a huge lack of happiness because of some future potential gain or because it's culturally something that they should be doing or spiritually or maybe their opinions are different than mine. Like how would I, someone I love unconditionally, I would always want them to pursue genuine happiness, not hedonistic happiness, but genuine lifelong happiness. And so the fourth option after we have gone through like rat racer, hedonistic, nihilistic is happiness. That is the fourth option. And so when the question instead of of it being, am I happy? If you ask the question, he talks about this in the book. um, If you ask the question, why do you want to be happy? The answer is always simple and definitive. We pursue happiness because it it is in our nature to do so. When the answer to a question is because it will make me happy, nothing can challenge the validity and finality of that answer. Happiness is the highest on the hierarchy of goals, the end goal towards which all other leads end. Okay, let's talk about that every goal we make is towards future happiness so if we are just suffering and hoping for happiness one day but not taking the actual action to get there that is a huge problem we should be pursuing genuine happiness that our soul connects with rather than taking the easier way out and so this is when I wanted to talk about Marie condoing your life because that is the happiest little phrase. I'm obsessed with that. And doing an inventory on your life. What does your life look like right now? Your day-to-day life, your week-to-week life, month-to-month, year-to-year. What are the big players in your life as well as the small ones, your daily rituals, routines, the people you interact with, do they bring you joy? I think of this in the other day I was hanging out with like my best friend and I have a childhood best friend where when I speak with them it's really hard for me. We don't agree a lot on a lot of things anymore. Um, I often feel like I'm being talked down to or disrespected because I chose to leave the religion that we both grew up in together. I don't feel like my opinions are really valued and I know that my lifestyle is not respected. And my best friend looked at me and was like, well, why are you guys still friends? What's why? Why are you still friends? And I was like, well, we've just been we've been friends for so long. And she just looked at me. It was Abby. Obviously, you guys know who Abby is. It's the best friend. Um, She just looked at me and was like, is that the only reason you guys are friends is just because you've been friends for so long. And I think that that is the perfect example of stuff that we do often in our life. We stay with things that don't bring us joy because it feels like the right thing to do. Maybe we've invested a lot of time. Maybe to other people it would look like the wrong thing to do. Maybe we're afraid what others will think. Maybe we're afraid that the consequences will outweigh potential happiness, which spoiler alert, they won't because you are your best self and you're able to provide best to other people when you are happier. So like I said, the consequences will rarely be worse than a half-assed life. They'll always outweigh this life that you just suffer through. And so let's talk about Marie condoing our life because this can be hard. I don't want to have this podcast make you feel like the pursuit of happiness and pursuit of being happier will always be easy because it absolutely won't. I have made changes in my life in the pursuit of being happier that have caused a lot of pain. And like we've talked about a lot on this podcast, that's okay. Hard emotions do not outweigh the positive ones and they can coexist. They do not they are not mutually exclusive and sometimes the pursuit I think it was when we were talking about Glennon, she talks about how there is a life waiting for you and it will cost you everything and sometimes you know that might be a little dramatic but sometimes it's true maybe you've been sitting on a decision that will cost you everything but the most beautiful life filled with much more happiness is waiting for you on the other side so when it comes to Marie recondoing your life really outweigh right because this is where we don't want to get into hedonism we don't want to make these decisions with no concern for the next step so really think about what these consequences would be and i promise you that they will very likely right unless it's like life or death they will very very likely be less terrifying than living a life where you are not pursuing happiness that is terrifying to me. It is terrifying to me that I will live an entire life just doing what other people tell me I need to do or doing what I think people will approve of the most at the cost of my own happiness, at the cost of my own self-love. And so what I would advise a friend when you start Marie kondo your own life or Marie kondo your own beliefs or Marie kondo your own rituals because right it doesn't need to be some life-changing thing maybe your life is really awesome I really hope it is maybe there's just little baby things you need to Marie Kondo and as I Marie kondo my life and I've completely changed the way that I live it the things that I believe the practices that I engage in one of the funnest things I have done that has brought me so much happiness is to try all the things and to just keep an open mind that even if they don't fit with me, they fit with other people and that's beautiful. That has really fallen into like the religious aspects of my life as I grew up in the strictest religion where literally their number one teaching is that they are the only true church. That's their number one thing. We are the only true church. And so I grew up knowing absolutely nothing about the other possibilities of religion. And so that's why I stayed in mine for so long because I was like, well, there's nothing else out there. So why even try? And so once I did get the guts to leave that religion and kind of came to terms with the fact that I know nothing. I believe what I believe, but it's just that. They're just beliefs. They're just opinions. I am very likely wrong and that's okay. I am only doing and practicing in my life what aligns with my spirit and what I think makes me a better person. And I'm very okay with the fact that when I die, I'll meet the higher power. If there is a higher power, who knows? But when I get to the next life, I might find out that I was completely wrong. But I do believe that whatever the next life is, they just care that you were a good person. So once I came to terms with that, the fact that like I can only do what feels best for me and it's totally cool if I'm wrong, I probably am. And I kind of feel that way about everyone's religious beliefs. No offense, you're probably wrong. I'm also probably wrong. None of us really know. It's all a placebo. I talk about this all the time. Everything I believe is probably a placebo and that's okay, as long as it raises my energy and it makes me a better person and I can help other people. And so When I left this religion, wow, we have been, this is a ranty one, you guys, but I freaking love this topic, and I think it is so needed, and I love talking about it with everyone, so I'm glad that we get to talk about it now, but as I've left that religion, I have tried as many things as I can obviously I can't go to churches now because of the pandemic but I love having conversations with people from other religions and just learning everything I can about the religion what they believe because I'm just like oh my gosh I knew none of this I didn't know any of this exists and I can take little nuggets that they believe if they you know if they align with my soul and my energy i'm like oh i love that you believe that i think i believe that too that's so cool and i can incorporate that into my practice and i'm flexible with the fact that my preferences for religious practices will change and they have changed um that's how i i used to think oracle cards and things like that were so woo woo there are so many things i do now in my life that i even just a couple years ago, would have thought were so weird. And there are practices now that I look at that I'm like, oh my gosh, those are not for me. And who knows? I should try them though. I love trying new things and evolving my spiritual practice so that I can just take what aligns with my energy and bring in more happiness into my life because that is a great way to be happier is to just try so many things, right, that don't really have consequences because we're not aiming for hedonistic lifestyles, but to try a bunch of things that will change my perspective 777 by the way there you go um that will change my perspective change the way i approach my life and even if i don't attach to them if i don't believe these other beliefs or these practices that i'm learning about i've learned something new i can have more empathy and more understanding for the people that do practice them and this goes along outside of religion as well let this be for your morning routine i have discovered that i am not great at meditating so I meditate when I'm called to I meditate when I feel like I need to I don't force myself to meditate every day and I do the same with journaling I don't force myself to do things anymore because I've found that creating my own resistance makes me attach to things less and get less out of them I've done this with hobbies. I've tried hobbies and been like, yikes, nope, not for me, but I'm really glad I tried it. And I think that is a beautiful way to live your life is to be open to trying all the things. And then if it makes you happier, bring it into your life. If it does not make you happier, Marie Kondo that sucker. It's out of here. This is a long one, you guys. My throat keeps getting so dry. But I want you to leave this episode with some I'm sure something when you come, when you think of this question, here we go, let's go with this route. If you think to yourself right now, what would make me happier? I know something will come to mind. Right now, mine is what would make me happy? Honestly, a glass of water. A glass of water would make me so much happier because my throat is so dry recording this podcast. But objectively, what would make me happier is showing up better in my business for you guys. And that's something that I've been really trying to work on and prep for in the last month. And I know that that's going to make me happier. That's a great thing that I can move forward with. There's not really many consequences for it. Maybe that's a hedonistic line of thinking though. Actually, maybe one of the downplays is that it might tire me out emotionally a little bit more. But to me, that is a worthwhile consequence. So that is what could make me happier right now. And I want you to think what could make me happier, not what's going to make me happy, right? Because that is such a detrimental way of thinking to think that you need to achieve this peak happiness. But I want you to just think, What will make me happier? And let's take just one baby step towards getting you happier because you deserve to just continually increase your happiness. It should always be growing. And that doesn't mean that hard times, bad times are not going to come. They are inevitable. I'm so sorry to break the news to you if you haven't heard. It's inevitable. You're going to feel these hard things, but you can always be happier and work towards more happiness. And one of my favorite things, too, that he talks about in this book is that happiness is really being satisfied and not like mm, satisfied, like mediocre. It's fine. It'll do the job. But like satisfied, like you look around at your life and you're like, yeah, there's some really hard stuff in my life, but I am so satisfied. Like there are so many good things going on right now. And that is how I want you to look at your life. I want you to be able to look around at your life right now. My life, you guys, full transparency, it is a absolute circus. So many things have been happening this last year that I'm just like, I would love a break. I'd love to take a breath and not have things go wrong for like two seconds. But that's not the cards I've been dealt, and that's okay. But I look around at my life right now, I'm like, geez. It's so beautiful and I am fully satisfied with my life right now. There are so many things going on outside of my control that suck and I'm going to cope with those the best way I know how. 888, by the way. Um, but that's okay. I'm fully satisfied. I know I'm doing genuinely almost everything I can to make my life beautiful and I feel that it is. I'm fully satisfied with my life, with the good and the bad. I'm constantly working towards just being happier. I know that I will not reach some beautiful pinnacle of happiness where everything is good and dandy all the time. And that's okay. That would be so boring, you guys. Can you imagine? I don't know if that's the like, I don't know if I even have some sort of Gemini rising. This was me trying to get like LA and astro- astrology on you. And I was going to say like Gemini rising. I don't think I have a Gemini rising, but I do a little bit of drama. Let's channel our inner gem- Gemini. Let's say it this way. Let's channel our inner ge- Gemini because a little bit of drama a little bit of consequences a little bit of pushback from the universe is good for us you guys we need it because then we actually appreciate the good things that are happening to us it strengthens our character and I do not want to make light of you being in an awful horrible situation if you are please take action to get yourself help and get out of that but for the most part A lot of things are survivable. And if they are survivable, we can grow from them. If they are not survivable, please get help. Please change something. Please get you into an instance and get you into a life that is so much happier and more more safe. Something where the biggest things that are happening to you are not going to end your life. And this is, I'm just going to keep going through the book as well. But this is another thing is that we have happiness broken down into two different things and that is pleasure and meaning and pleasure is present benefit, and meaning is future benefit and that's really what we should be looking for in our life is that if we are going through hard times and they're causing emotions use those emotions to create motion to create motive to create action so that you change even these hard things so that there is a future benefit as well so that there's meaning to your suffering because it's so hard to find meaning in your suffering when you're in it but it is on the other side. You can always find meaning in your suffering as hard as it is. And try to find as much pleasure. Try to balance that pleasure with meaning because that is what happiness is. And you guys, you are so deserving of all the good things. You are so deserving of happiness and satisfaction and increasing happiness. I want you to feel happier every day that you wake up. I want you to go on your morning walk and tell yourself that you're ready and grateful for all the goodness that the universe wants to offer you because it wants to offer you all the good things because you are so deserving. So Marie condo your life, let's align with a beautiful, productive, happiness-based energy so that we can continue the pursuit of happier energy, not happiness, but just happier energy. And I'm so excited. I want you all to hopefully anything I said was of value. Today, But I love this conversation. If you want to read this book, I'll link it for you in the show notes as well. It's a really good read. It's been really helpful for me to find genuine joy and satisfaction in my daily life, even when things are harder, not bad, but harder, because I I know that there are times that are so, so hard. And if you are in one of those times right now, I hope you know from the bottom of my heart. My heart goes out to you so much and I'm sending you so much happiness and love and light and I know that you are so capable of a beautiful life. And even if you are in a life right now that is pretty happy, maybe it's pretty genuinely happy. I hope it just keeps getting happier because we all deserve to be happier you guys I love you thank you for being here thank you for being a part of this podcast I will see you next time and I hope you have the best week talk to you soon